Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. In this episode, I'm talking all things YouTube, live streaming, and building a personal brand with Erin Henry. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com slash littleblackbook now to steal my little black book of social media secrets. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Welcome to episode 60, at least I think it's 60, of the Stevie Says Social podcast. Today we're talking all things YouTube, live streaming, and building a personal brand. And I know that those are three things that scare the bejesus out of a lot of you. So why not cover them, right? I know that it can be hard sometimes to think about putting your face on camera, to think about hitting that go live button, and to think about putting your face and your brand out there as the kind of front of your business. But there are three things that can absolutely propel your business forward hugely if you do it right. I've brought on Erin Henry, who is pretty much a pro in all of these three areas, to chat about the topics. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to give you a little public service announcement and let you know that if you've been on the fence, doors to my signature social media program and membership, hashtags aren't the answer, close this week. 
If you don't get in by Thursday, you miss out and doors close and I would absolutely love to see you in there. It is the complete roadmap to social media success and you've heard me talk about it enough on the podcast. So all I'll say is head to steviesayssocial.com. There will be a link there to head to the sales page and to join us. There is an amazing community growing in there and I hope to see you in there. Okay, guys, without any further ado, I'm going to head straight into the conversation that I had with Erin, all about live streaming, YouTube, and personal branding. Enjoy. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Stevie Says Social Podcast. I'm really excited today because I have a guest on that I have pretty much internet stalked recently, (laughs) like all good people that I come across. Um, in the business world is either via Instagram or via a podcast. And that is how I found Erin. So hi, Erin. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and ditto on the stalking. It was so funny because when you reached out to me on Instagram, I was like, I've seen you somewhere before and then just fell down such a rabbit hole of your content. Like, <laughs> thank God I did because it's great. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that works? Literally like, yeah. It's such an online world these days. My partner calls it my Instagram friends because I've got all of these like people that I've never met in real life, but I talk about like I know them. <laughs> yeah, but then it's so funny as well because like quite often I catch up with people maybe from YouTube or anything and it's weird because you're like hanging out in real life and then you're like talking to each other about all of these things that you've watched or seen and it's like, remember that time you did that? And it was like from three years ago. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a weird world. <laughs> So for everyone that has not heard of Erin before, I'll actually get you to talk about yourself a little bit, but Erin is a personal branding strategist. And the reason why I had to have her on the podcast is because she has got a killer YouTube channel with, I think, over 100,000 subscribers now, right? Which is very, very impressive. She's also got a podcast and an Instagram account with some pretty killer engagement as well. So you're doing all of the things exceptionally well when it comes to social. Um, and I'm keen to have a chat about it, but tell everyone in your words a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, definitely. So I am yeah, really, really fascinated with personal branding because a lot of what I do is working with service-based entrepreneurs, but those who are really trying to build a business just from their own skills. So whether it be a coach, whether it be a consultant, photographer, anything along those lines, those who are kind of not only just wanting to be the business and themselves be the business and the products, but they also want to be the influencer. And I kind of want to I marry the two because it was two very separate camps. It was like, we're the entrepreneurs, where the influences and quite often people got really, you know, sort of like tongue tied about like meshing them together. It was like, Oh no, I'm not an influencer. I'm an entrepreneur. And it was like this very, I don't know, hefty claim that they made to one camp or another. And I think, well, why can't we just be both? And why do we need to put all the titles and all of this? Why can't we just show up as the teacher and the messenger, the coach, the influencer, all of the things and just be ourselves? Because, you know, as we have just had a very intricate conversation on my podcast about being yourself, is honestly the best strategy. So yeah, what I do is really helping my clients to ultimately at the end of the day, figure out who they are, become that version of them, showcase it through some sort of lens online, whether it be podcasting, video, anything, whatever it is that's going to highlight who they are and speak to their audience in the best way possible. And then just really help them to, I guess, build the empire that goes alongside 
that brand of themselves. Mm, I love it. And that's what it's all about these days, isn't it? Like we were talking about it on your podcast just before Erin. We'll probably keep referring. So we've just podcasted yeah. on Erin's podcast. <laughs> so maybe go out there and listen to that one for context and then we'll just continue the conversation here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but what we were talking about over on your podcast was the fact that it's actually so easy these days to build a business via a personal brand because it's what works on things like social media, right? It's what gets the engagement. Engagement is the lifeblood of your socials and it's what ultimately builds a relationship with people that potentially will work with you. Yeah, exactly. And this is like a huge thing and I don't go super into the strategy. Definitely not my, as much as Stevie does. Like I know strategy is her thing. Um, you know, I'm more about the strategy in terms of like the strategy of the person rather than the strategy of like the analytics or anything mm. like that. But one thing, cause I do have a YouTube management team, like people who kind of like manage me on YouTube, you could say, I don't know, it's weird, but, um, something that they constantly feeding me like best strategy, best practice, best advice, and something that, you know, has really shifted in the online space when it comes to this conversation that we're having is that it used to be very, you know, short, sharp, like sharp, straight to the point, snappy, like viral, like all of these things in terms of the best content. And now it's like, people just want to watch people doing boring things, yeah. to be honest, whether it's like eating food, opening presents, like putting on makeup, like these long, like kind of realistic, real time pieces of content of people just showcasing their life. And yeah, there's like the aspirational bits thrown in there and the inspiration, motivation and all of that stuff. But what really, really works these days, and that's why personal branding is so powerful, is literally just putting a camera on you and what you're doing in natural life. And that's a really good way to connect and build an audience. And that's pretty much what you've done, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So did you start with your YouTube channel and then built an audience from the YouTube channel or was it part of your kind of business? Which way did it come? Was it the chicken or the egg? Like, did you start on YouTube and then build a business from it or vice versa? Yeah. So I was actually, um, I don't know which one's the chicken, which one's the egg, (laughs) but I, um, yeah. So, I mean, I started the YouTube channel first. So as a matter of fact, which not a lot of people, I don't think dive that far back into my channel, but I actually started on YouTube in 2014, creating Kayla Itzina's bikini body guide content. I think I read that or saw it somewhere. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, the first video I created was terrible. It was like filmed on my webcam as they usually are. And I was like sitting on my like fiance, now boyfriend at the time. Um, I don't know. We had a bench press in our house for some unknown reason, like sitting on this bench press being like, Hey guys, so I've just started doing the bikini body guide. Like it was just terrible, but I sort of grew my audience in that way for a little while, went through like the plant-based phase as well. And then got really super into creating content about the law of attraction, which then went into mindset, which then went into business. So it was just like this huge evolution of what I was interested in over time. I only ever really created content about what was my current interest at that point in time. But simultaneously to moving my content into business stuff, I was made redundant from my job and I finished uni and I was like, oh, okay, so now I have no job and no uni. I need to probably do something. I did not want to be an employee. I was like, that is not my vibe. Same as you. I was like, I'm all about that freedom lifestyle. And I I don't know. I feel like entrepreneurship wasn't in my sphere. It was obviously really popular because this was like 2016, but it wasn't really in my sphere of this kind of online business thing. 
Um, but what was really popular at the time was like social media marketing. So I'm just mm. like, I'm just going to do social media marketing. Like, sorry, the coaching stuff wasn't really in my sphere of like what yeah. I was taking, taking attention to, but I was like, okay, well, I've got this YouTube channel. I've had it for like two years now. So I'm obviously professional. So I was like, I'm so just going to start a social Like, did you have a following by then? Yeah. So I probably at that stage when I decided to start my first business, which was in social media marketing, I probably would have had maybe around like 15,000 subscribers or something like that on YouTube. Um, But then I started this social media marketing business. I had like one client, but they were like a full-time client because they had like seven different brands under their umbrella. It's hard to explain. Um, But then, you know, in that business, I just ran into so much like fear and self-doubt, which then introduced me to coaching, which then I was like, I'm going to start this coaching business. By that stage, I probably had about 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, launched my business. And that was one of the reasons why, to be honest, it was so successful so quickly, like my coaching Mm. business that I have now, because I already had that pre-built audience from YouTube. I think that's so interesting. And I think it's like, So a lot of people that want to start a business, they do all of the work getting the business together, right? And then they launch. This is like generally how it works. And then they'll come to someone like me and they'll be like, help, I've launched to crickets. There's nobody there. My business isn't working. It's failing. What do I do? And I think it's so clever the way that you've done it, whether you intended to or not, which is build an audience of people that get to know you, like you and trust you, work out what it is that they want and then offer it to them in a business and actually launch with, you know, a ready-made audience of people to buy from you. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And that's why for a lot of the time, and that's again, why I'm so interested in this personal branding and a huge, as you would say, like tactic, well, tactic strategy, I don't know. I'm still confused. (laughs) But the thing that I really, the thing that I really highlight from the very beginning with people when they first come work with me, it's like, yeah, we're going to go through like figuring out your niche and we're going to go through figuring out your business model and you know I talk about like the ecosystem but I've never used that word before more just like what products you're going to offer what offers you're going to create yeah but like before we jump into any of that it's like start a YouTube channel start a Mm. podcast do something and then they're always like well I have nothing to talk about all this stuff I'm like I don't care just start something because the sooner you start building relationships with people the sooner you're going to have people who are going to want to buy your stuff It, it 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 really does blow my mind like you said when people have this best of intention. Absolutely. And I adore them for, for, for being so optimistic about it, but it's like that field of dreams concept where it's like, Oh, if I just put a website out and then create a course, all of a sudden I'm going to have a five figure month or I'm going to launch and people are going to buy that. Well, that's going against like physics. I don't know, science, because like there have to be people there. There has to be interest. There has to be some type of audience, whether you get it through paid ads or through content creation. But if you're going to put something out and you want people to buy it, you have to be putting it out to some people. Yeah, I could not agree more. And it's literally what I've done with my business as well. Like we are talking on your podcast about it and anyone that listens to my podcast would know. I spent every weekend writing these crazy long blog posts and building an audience like that. But it meant that like, you know, 11 months down the track, I launched on day one with a fully booked roster of clients because they already knew the value that I provided and I'd done that through content. So could not agree more with that. Sorry, but I think, sorry, just one more thing on that because I feel like this is such like an important topic is because 
it is a very important thing for people to recognize that that does involve huge amounts of patience, right? Mm. And that's what a lot of people don't have because it's like, I want to start this online business because I want freedom like Mm. we spoke about before, but freedom comes from having that financial like, you know, income from your business so you can leave your job or whatever. And I feel like some people are just like not willing to put in the time. They're not willing Mm. to put in the two years it was for me, the 11 months it was for you to build that audience. But ultimately at the end of the day, you kind of do shoot yourself in the foot because you've got to do it anyway. Whether you launch the business first, then grow the audience or grow the audience and then launch the business. As a matter of fact, you make it easier for yourself focusing on growing the audience first because then you've got attraction, you've got feedback, you've got people to research, you understand what questions are coming your way. It makes you a better entrepreneur to just play around with content and building an audience first rather than getting your ducks in a row with the business. Either way, you're going to have to grow the audience. Yeah. Do you know the other thing is it gives you time to suck? (laughs) Yeah. Which like sounds like a funny thing to say, but like honestly, like it gives you time to kind of find your voice and to improve the way that you record your videos. Like, I don't know if your original videos are still live on YouTube, Erin. Yes. And they suck. They really suck. I'm going to go back and look at them. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like it actually gives you an opportunity to kind of develop and to find out as well, you know, if you're in a position where you want to start a business and I know there's some people listening to the podcast in that position, they want to do something, but they don't know what it is. It gives you that time to kind of try out different things to see what's right and what's not. And honestly, because again, I work with more sort of like service-based entrepreneurs and a lot of this stuff, like 80% of the time, my clients will change their niche, you know, a few months Mm. into our work together because they evolve, they get a sense of confidence that they didn't have before, which allows them to open their mind to new opportunities and new ideas that they were uh, sort of harboring from themselves before because they weren't allowing themselves to dream in that kind of way. And that's why, again, if it's like you spend six months before ever putting a piece of content out, building a business, six months later than that, you might find out that you've built this business that you don't even want. So that time of content creation and sucking and just like being in experimental phase allows you the opportunity to evolve with your ideas and get to a position where you have almost like those goosebumps, like this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. So if somebody's keen to start a YouTube channel, yeah. where do they start? Okay. So <laughs> such a loaded question. <laughs> But honestly, where did they start is, I know this is like, everyone's going to just probably click off this podcast right now. I apologize. But where do you start is that you just have to start. Honestly, I think so many people are like, I need to have the perfect idea. I need to have the perfect camera. The first question that I always get asked with a podcast is what microphone do you have? And I'm like, get out of here. That is not the question. It's the word. Honestly, I have a camera to use. Yeah. I have an inbox full of messages. I could go through my inbox right now and show you. I guarantee there'd be at least 10 messages. Someone asked me what camera I use. And honestly, it's like, again, go back and look at my first video. It was filmed on my webcam. Everybody has an iPhone these days. There's your perfect camera. Mm. Put it up in front of you. I feel like I'm demonstrating right now and no one can hear this. (laughs) So you've got a hand out. Yeah. Yeah. Get get your get your your best tripod, which is your arm. Hold your camera in what's this horizontal. Put it out in front of you and just yeah, landscape (laughs) and just start sharing some type of message. Like 
at the end of the day, everything else can improve. People are going to give you the benefit of the doubt on your first video if it doesn't look like something Steven Spielberg has created himself, Mm. right? Everyone has to start somewhere. But the thing is, if you're trying to get the perfect camera, trying to get the perfect microphone, trying to have the perfect niche, you will paralyze yourself for years. And the thing is, I don't know, you know, that like, uh, proverb where it's like the best time to plant a tree was 50 years ago. The second best time is today. Well, that's the same as when it comes to content and putting, building an audience online. No, two years from now is not the perfect day to start a YouTube channel when you've got all of this stuff, because I guarantee you what you're thinking is the right strategy now will be completely different in two years. Start today with what you got and what you know and grow with the times, grow with your audience, grow with the technology, grow with the algorithm, write it out, get better, evolve. But the biggest piece of advice I have is for anyone listening, if you want to start a YouTube channel, as soon as you stop listening to this podcast episode, record a video and put it up on YouTube. I love that. I think that that is what paralyzes people like in every aspect of business. And I see it a lot with social media and content, but it's like they look at you where you're at now, or they look at where I'm at after a year of podcasting or whatever. And they're like, I need it to be at that level and I need it to be a certain quality and it just paralyzes them. So I think that get started is such a good point. But what I will say is that there's people who probably got started when you got started, right? And they've still got 13 views on YouTube and zero subscribers. So there has to be something like, what is it that you think has separated what you've done in terms of building an audience from people who aren't having the success that you're having? Well, I know the frustrating answer that no one wants to hear as well is consistency. Like I have very rarely let a week go by that a video hasn't gone up, if not put up three videos on my channel, no matter through like changes of niches, everything along those lines, I have... 100% just committed. And there's been, you know, for the fact that, I don't know, if I went to my YouTube channel, I maybe have like 300 or something videos now. What's grown my channel is probably four of those videos. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, yeah, they all have like regular views, but at the end of the day, if I was to track back when I was doing the health and fitness stuff, there was one, my like results from the Kayla Itzina's Bikini Body Guide that went semi-viral, viral. And then since then, I've probably had a small handful of videos that has just got me over that hill. But the thing with virality and what really ends up actually growing someone is that there's no strategy to it. Like that is, I must say, a little bit of magic, luck, whatever you want to call it. But the only way to influence that is by putting out as much valuable content as you possibly can because you give yourself more opportunities. It's like if you want to win the lottery, well, okay, you could buy one ticket and you could hope for the best or you can buy 10, you've just 10 extra opportunity for getting that. And I'm not saying that like going viral is like winning the lottery. Obviously there's lots of things that you can do that would influence it. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's like the more opportunity that you give yourself to connect with an audience and to build a relationship with them, the faster you will inevitably grow. But the thing that I will say completely changed everything for me. And this is what we spoke about as well. Okay. I feel like bad that we keep referring to it, but, but, but honestly, like, the thing that I feel changed everything for me, like I jumped from, yeah, as I said, I think when I started like this business content, I was on maybe like 20,000. I was on like 15 when I really started creating. And then it was like 
40,000, 40,000, like, you know, age jump was when I started talking about something that I was truly, truly passionate mm. about, like passionate to the point that I could just sit there and talk for three hours. Obviously I wouldn't create a three hour YouTube video, but and also when I 100% started being myself. So if you actually went and looked at my old videos, I still had that, you know, high school presentation voice on. It was like, so this is point A, this is point B, kind of be semi-polite. When I fully stepped into like the most unapologetic version of me, the version that I am when I was like hanging out with my friends or like, you know, the, just the newest version of you, when I fully stepped into that, people started to listen. Yeah. And so I feel like if people are still struggling with their strategy on YouTube. Yes, there's lots of little things you can do. Are your titles really searchable? Are people actually looking for that content? Are you capitalizing on trends that are happening at the moment? Are you adding really valuable content? Like you said as well, are you going the extra mile or are you just repeating what other people have said? Like, are you offering anything else to the conversation? There's lots of those strategies that are involved that maybe people aren't doing. But ultimately at the end of the day, You've just got to make it more entertaining. And the way that you'll make it more entertaining for people is by being as much of you as you possibly can. I love that. And I think there's two parts to that that are super relevant. So the consistency part. So everyone is looking for like the secret source for like, getting 10,000 followers on Instagram or, you know, um, starting a successful YouTube channel and, you know, they'll just like be sitting on the edge of their seats. Like, you know, tell me what it is, what is this thing, you know? But I, what I love about what you said is like, if you're consistently doing it every week, right, you're getting better number one. So that obviously counts for a lot, but you're just giving yourself more chances to knock one out of the park, you know, and it's not something that you can guarantee, but I can guarantee that if you're doing 30 videos, there's a lot more chance. than if you're just doing one every now and then trying to find all of the tips and hacks for what makes it work. And then, you know, completely beating yourself up and not doing it again for a while when it doesn't work out for you. So I absolutely love that. And I think also YouTube actually rewards as a platform, like the people who are, I I feel like a part of the algorithm in the game, this is one of those kind of nuggets of wisdom that my management team has given me, but it's like YouTube will actually recognize when you're keeping people on the platform, Mm. their biggest analytic is viewer retention and watch time. So the more that people, the more binge worthy content you have on your channel, the more YouTube is going to reward that because the more you're actually keeping people there and that's all YouTube wants is people on its platform. So the more content you have, the more for people to watch. And the thing is when someone finds you for the first time, it's likely that they'll watch 10 videos. If you don't have 10 videos for them to watch, you've lost that person forever. You know what I mean? So it's like if you have 10 relevant videos, someone finds you and they're like, this was an excellent video in that moment when they've just found you is the time that they'll binge on your content, which is Mm. going to give your channel that boost. So it's like, you almost want to capture people when they're in that kind of like binge worthy state. Right. And so if you do the right things, like, you know, maybe in one video you're talking about X topic and you say, Hey, I've got this other video Y that you might like, and then you can link it with the cards. When you get to a certain number of subscribers, you'll have this cards feature, but either way, just leave it in the description. Like the more that the more content you have that you can interlink with one another, the more that you're like playing the game of the algorithm. And so again, it all just comes back to if you really, really want to keep people on the platform, give them a reason to be there. Yeah. It's like that daisy chain effect and they go back. I think another thing that you do really well with your YouTube content, because I have definitely like 
gone down the rabbit hole of like watching four of your videos at once. And I'm like, okay, I need to go all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think you do really well is like, number one, it's really valuable and um, it's all aligned content. So it's very easy to go from one of your videos to another because it's not like you're talking anymore about, you know, um, something that's completely unrelated to another topic. Everything is very much aligned. So if somebody finds you for one video, they'll go down the rabbit hole because there's so many other relevant topics. And I think another thing that you do really well is, um, the structure of your videos. So, and I don't know if this is something that you're even aware that you do or whether you outline your videos or whatever, but you're really good at um, getting in there because I hate when people ramble. I hate this on podcasts as well. And they take forever to get to the point of what the hell it is that the podcast or the video is about. But I love that you're like, okay, this is what it's about. Here's seven tips. And you literally just go through in a sequential order. So people know what they're going to expect. They know the value that they're going to get out of the video. And then you deliver on it. And it's like a no-brainer to either subscribe if you like it or to keep watching it, you know? Yeah. So I think having a point for every video that you put out there, being succinct and then having a bit of a structure is, even though it's maybe not intentional for you, that's what I really found useful. I love that. I um, didn't, I do know that I do that, but I think it's actually less of a strategy and more of just knowing the context of the platform because Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, I love to ramble. It's like my favorite (laughs) thing in the entire world. However, it doesn't work well on YouTube. No. People want short, sharp pieces of information. Like, yeah, they want that kind of like more, as we said, like more dragged out humor. It's not like the Fred on the fourth kind of like funky jump cut. Like that doesn't really work anymore. Mm. They just want a a, a conversation that's had in 10 minutes that gets them the result that they Mm. want. I actually love to ramble, but that's why I love doing live streaming so much because I could sit down on a live stream and just talk for an hour until Instagram boots me off. (laughs) It's just like knowing the context of what's going to work on each platform. Yes, the context of the platform. Totally. Let's talk about live stream because you love it. (laughs) I love it. I think you are live on Instagram. So we're jumping over to Instagram now, but pretty much every day, right? Do you know, someone said to me the other day, one of my clients was like, have you ever seen the Truman show? And I was like, classic, love that movie. And they're like, I could seriously imagine you like intentionally having the Truman show. Oh, I could literally, I could have someone. Do that. Honestly, I just want my fiance to retire from his job so he can follow me around with a live stream camera. Because <laughs> I would love that. I don't know why. Like I just, I think because I love to watch lives so much. And for me, again, it probably is because I like to ramble, but ultimately at the end of the day, live streaming for me, it's the human connection. Yeah. Like when you create a YouTube video, it's recorded and then someone else edits it and then it goes up and it's like, three weeks until I ever get a response. I'm like, I've forgotten what I even spoke about in that video, but it's the live feedback from a live stream that for me, as someone who's a coach, like I love coaching calls. I love one-on-one calls. I love podcast interviews. And that's the way that I can really connect with my like free audience in a way that really gets me to feel like I know them. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you live stream about? Okay. So again, context of the platform. I've just started recently like dual casting a little bit more, like going live on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. 
But most likely if I'm going live on Facebook, I will have a proper topic. Like I will have a thought out, this is what I want to speak about. Um, You know, I never plan anything in terms of like a script or anything, but I'll be like, this is the topic. You know, I've had an idea. I've had a a piece of inspiration, probably in the shower, like we spoke about. Um, (laughs) And then so I will go live and that will be more of a structured, you could say like masterclass. It's not like Mm. a webinar. I don't do anything like that, but it's more of a like. great for that. Yeah. Whereas Instagram for me, it's like, I just want to hang out. Like, let's mm-hmm. just talk about something. If I, yeah. I was in the park before, literally just before our, our podcasts or before my client called before that. And I, um, just had this idea and just went live in the park and just started talking about this idea on Instagram. And then, so it is like, I feel like Instagram, it'll be more just like, I've had an idea. I want to talk about something. Whereas Facebook for me will be more of like, here's a topic. Let's teach on it. Yeah. Do you find like, so do you really feed off the interaction on an Instagram live? So people will come on and they'll be asking questions and you're kind of chatting and replying. Like, is it quite interactive in the way that you do it? Yes. But for anyone who maybe doesn't have an audience, because this is where a lot of my clients get tripped up on, they're like, but no one's watching me yet. So I always say like, yeah, I do feed off the comments a lot now, but even if I was just starting out, like if I was starting on Instagram today, I would just still show up as if there were already people there. Mm. Like not pretending as in like calling out someone's name. It is actually not. <laughs> but like hey I would bring, yeah. Oh, hey girl. So nice yeah, to see yeah. you. But I would bring the energy and I would be like, hey, you guys, like I'm here. And I would just speak as if there were already people there because yeah. 35 people could go watch that replay afterwards. And mm. they want to feel that same energy of a conversation, even if they're watching the replay. So for me, yes, at this stage, because I do have like an audience or like people who will watch no matter what time I go live on Instagram, I feed off the conversation. But for anyone starting, just speak as if there are people there anyway. Don't yeah. make up questions. You know what I mean? Don't like make yeah. up a question, but just bring that energy as if it was a conversation anyway. So what impact do you think live streaming? Because I think it's a really smart move. So anyone that's service-based, anyone that like sells their expertise or like people are coming to work with them, it's like a personal thing. I think live streaming is so smart because it's basically getting people to know you before they've even met you. So like, I don't know if you find this, but it kind of warms people up. So by the time they're actually inquiring about like for you, Erin, and beer coaching services, they're like, hey, I want to work with you because I already know what you're all about. Have you found yeah. that? Yeah, massively. And I know like my strategy might be a little different, but live streaming for me is also the place that I do like promote a lot of my programs or launches and things like that. But because it's so conversational, people actually don't even realize they're like being sold to a lot of the time. So I recently launched a, cause I've only got a, like a 12 month mentorship. It's the only way you can really work with me one-on-one at this stage. But I recently was like, Oh, I just want to work with more clients. Like I just, I love people. So I launched this like six week coaching program. It sold out in like one day, but it was like, one of the clients said to me, she's like, I don't even know how I found out about this. I'm just, I feel like you told me. And I was like, well, you were on my live stream. You asked a question. She was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like, cool. I find it a really good way for you to be able to speak about your services, your products, yourself, promote things. But because it is purely not like there's no strategy behind it in terms of like you've actually gone on and designed something on Canva and put it on your Instagram stories. Like it's literally just a conversation to be had. So yes. Um, a, it also shows off my expertise, you could say, like mm. when I'm talking about personal branding strategy, anything like that, it 
shows people that I know what I'm talking about in real time conversations. I can coach people because they'll ask questions. So it is a good way for me to sell myself and sell my services, but in a real way that people actually don't feel like they're being sold to. Yeah. And like, if you're salesy on social, people are so turned off by it, right? Like it doesn't get engagement. People are just like, I'm here to be entertained or I'm here to be inspired. I'm not here to get a sales pitch. And I think it's a really clever way of doing it. Do you find from like a live stream or a story, you then take people into DM or... Always, always. Yeah. 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 So definitely with DM, the I'm just so passionate about DMs at the moment. They're like, but as a sales um, channel, it's just such a, like you said, non-salesy way of selling. Yeah. And I didn't realize, and you know, again, <laughs> I've talking about before, but like something that you do, but you don't realize ends up turning into a strategy for me. I am a terrible speller. Like I just have terrible grammar and spelling. <laughs> so something that I did from the second that it was offered as a feature, I know it's been offered for face on Facebook for long, but like came onto Instagram recently was voice noting. Mm. My favorite thing to do in the world is to voice note people. And I started, you know, doing my lives and people would ask me questions and then slide into the DMs and ask me questions. And I would just voice note them back because I didn't want to type because guaranteed I'd spell something wrong. And so I just started voice noting people and that increased my business massively because not only was it this even deeper level of communication that people were able to have with me. But as a matter of fact, the appreciation that came from taking the time to voice note someone, because even though like I don't have hundreds of thousands of people in my audience, but I do have quite a successful business. So there's always still that, is it really Erin that's responding to me or is it her team? You know, when people know that you've got a team, they're not quite sure, but voice noting people, like I do the live People would ask me questions, voice noting them back. It was like a game changer for me being able to sell, me being able to grow, me being able to just promote my business in general. Like those DMs and voice notes, anyone listening, get onto the voice notes. It's epic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like they, I think I got one from you when I very first DM'd you on Instagram and you came straight back with a voice note. I was like, this is so cool. Like what the hell? And it's so nice and personal. And I think it's a really good point when you said people don't really know if it's you responding. I've literally only just started to have that happen. Like people, I guess, have always assumed that it's me, but for one reason or another, lately people have DM'd and they're like wondering if, and they'll use me as the third person or whatever. And I'm like, maybe the perception is changing a little bit. And I think that sucks because you want that real personal connection with people. And yeah, I think that voice message feature is very cool. It's limited to a minute, isn't it? Yeah. But I just did like 10 in a row. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. That's very, very cool. Okay. So one question that I have is you've got your podcast, you've got... Instagram, you've got YouTube. So you are doing a lot in terms of content. I've actually got a couple of questions around this because you are a content machine. So number one, how do you do it all? Let's start with that. So honestly, every single time I get a podcast interview or all the time, people say that to me, they're like, you're a content machine. I actually don't feel like I create that much content or at least in the in the context of my entire 24 hours that I have in a day, it doesn't feel like it takes a lot of time, Yeah, but I'll go deep into the actual, like how I do it. So I do, one thing I will never outsource is 
DMs. Like I will never, ever, ever outsource yep. that. Smart. However, anything that has my voice on it, I will create myself. But I do have someone who helps me repurpose a lot of that stuff. So I don't know. Again, like I think it's more habitual now to just do the stories, do the lives. Like I don't think I spend 35 minutes thinking about doing a live, which reduces the time. You know, a lot of people think about it for so long and then do it. So it actually yeah, that's a good takes point. an hour. Does it break up than- day though? Like I find like when I have to like jump on Instagram stories and like then jump back off, I feel like it's kind of breaking my day up. Do you find that or does it? Is it something you enjoy and it's natural? Yeah, I think it's pretty natural now, but I don't want to say that it always was. Like I really had to like prompt myself. One of the advices that I gave to my students this morning in a in a video course that I'm actually teaching was around stories. I said, just set an alarm three times a day and just document what's going on at that stage. Because again, people want to see the mundane stuff, but you do have to train yourself to remember to story, mm. to go live. Like in the park when I was walking my dog, it wouldn't have been natural for me to just go live, but now it is. Yeah. So I've reduced the time it takes me because it like I'm not thinking about it. I think yep. people spend so t- long thinking about it. But more strategically, I do batch create the YouTube videos. So I do 10 at a time. So my fiance and I go to a filming studio. We film oh. 10 videos. Then he edits them all. And Oh, you're lucky that you have him things. to edit them. Yeah, but even still like... Um, you could find an, a video editor, like for anyone who was interested in YouTube but didn't have the time to edit them yourself, you can find like relatively inexpensive editors on fiverr.com. So people who will edit your videos for you and that's a really good way that, you know, if you didn't have the time, you could get that done still or just don't edit them, just chuck them up. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. as long as there's not heaps of mistakes, just put it up. Um, people will still appreciate it regardless. It's better than doing nothing is what I mean. Um, but yeah, and then with the podcast interviews, it's like this podcast that we did, I'll just put it up online. But why people I feel like feel like I'm doing a lot of content is because we're repurposing a lot of the same stuff. So we actually have one piece of core content that goes out a day, either a podcast interview, a guest blog post, a video or something and then that's turned into a podcast a so blog that post is a lot so that is like yeah. that is a lot of content though in terms of core content yeah again and I feel like it is but it's I don't know I feel like this is such bad advice to give but I feel like it's just habitual yeah. like it feels it sounds like it's a lot of content but you know these are only like 10 minute videos yeah. or 10 minute sometimes lives like I think if you just do it and get it done, it's only taking 10 minutes of yeah. your time. And I think that's what I'm getting from you. Like, it's not like you just have to get in, do it, don't think about it, put it up and it's done, you know? Yeah. Because I think you're Massively. right. Like a lot of the like procrastination is in the thinking about it and the like editing and like editing again and making sure it's perfect and you don't actually need to do that. It's like the Gary Vee, like the document over create thing, right? Massively. So one of my really good friends, Ruby, she's actually like you could say an influencer on LinkedIn. I think she interviewed you as well. She mentioned that she did. Um, I mean, her strategy, because interviews her her core platform, she committed to a video every day for 90 days. And it literally like so many people like, whoa, that's so much content. I could never do that. Again, Ruby picked up her phone, recorded a message, posted it to Instagram, 10, I mean, to LinkedIn. 10 minutes. That's, you know, you can create a lot of content if you take all the bells and whistles off and just post. I like it. Very good. Okay. So my second question around that was with the podcast, with the YouTube, with the Instagram, what do you think of those three channels for you has been the 
best in terms of your business or do you think that there's not one that has done more than the others? I I have a lot of people say to me, they're like, should I start a podcast? Should I start a YouTube channel? Should I do this? Should I do this? Where do I start? And you've done them all, right? So... Yeah. So I, okay. So if the podcast, let's ignore that. Cause for me, it's just cause I want to talk to cool people. So that like really, <laughs> it, I feel like it does kind of help the business, but I feel like for me, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's not something that I've been with a podcast though. I actually think like a podcast is amazing. Like, yes, it's been good for my business and yet whatever, but I actually think the coolest thing for me about having a podcast is I literally get to talk to the people who inspire me. Yeah. Same. I just want to, I just want to talk to cool people. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But, um, so one thing I teach with my, so say, for example, in my group coaching program, because my whole concept is like business doesn't need to be this difficult. We're all making it too hard for ourselves. Again, mm-hmm. with this whole like content thing, we, we all just, we make it so much harder than it needs to be. So something that I teach is like business is as easy as ABC, right? So A is like attraction. You have to have some type of content platform that's going to attract people, how people can find you. This may be through paid ads, but if you want to do it organically, it's going to either be through a podcast, a YouTube channel, LinkedIn video, some type of core, rich, valuable content Mm -hmm. that will help you stand out, showcase yourself, differentiate, et cetera, et cetera. B is building relationships, building trust, right? You need to have a way to get your audience to get to know you. And that for me is through live streaming on Instagram or Facebook. So A, sorry for me is YouTube. Then I build the relationship on Instagram. I've never, ever sold anything on YouTube ever. Like I might Mm. get people promote maybe something that I've got going on, but never has a sale been made on YouTube. So I do that in the build of the relationship. But then C is like the conversion stage, right? Is like when you actually go out and make the offer. Hey, I've got my, you know, bootcamp going on or hey, I've got my killer video academy or something. And again, that happens still predominantly in live streaming for me. That's how I sell. I don't do any like intricate like webinars or anything like that. It's mostly just through live stream. So there's no one piece of content that is solo responsible for the, you know, success of my business. Each of them do play a part, but again, it's about not making it super difficult. Which do I do for what? It's just about how can I attract an audience? How can I build a relationship with them? And where am I going to sell to them? For selling for a lot of people, it's email marketing. Yeah. So that's how it works for me. (laughs) I think that's cool. I've actually got a really, it's so funny when it all boils down to it, when it comes down to like building an audience, personal brand, social media, whatever, it's all actually quite similar. I love your ABC, but I've got like a really similar framework when I think about it, like it's value connection promotion and it's pretty much the exact same three things. And I think like the takeaway is it's not rocket science, like build an audience, create connection and sell to people, whatever platform you use for doing it, have an ecosystem for doing it. And Yeah. yeah, don't think too much about it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I think all areas are just as important as one another, but where a lot of people do stagnate, remember before how you said like someone's maybe stuck, like stuck in their business, stuck on their YouTube channel is because they're not putting the same amount of energy into all of those three areas. Sometimes people prioritize building their audience too much and they wonder why their business isn't making money you have nothing to sell or you're I not selling. I see that a lot as well. I do see that a lot. Yeah. But I think but that's actually a preferable way to start than the other way. Yeah. Selling too much and not having the audience. Yeah. 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 Same, same, same. Yeah, definitely. It's it. But I mean, in terms of if someone's goals was to, I want to build my audience, I want to leave my job, I want to make money so I can have a freedom lifestyle. Mm. All of those three areas should have time and attention each and every single day. Yeah. How am I going to reach you? 
audiences? How am I going to nurture my current audience? And what, like, am I focusing on sales activity, whether it be creating new offers, working on old offers, working with clients, whatever it may be, but that's pretty much all you've got to do every single day and obviously work on yourself, but that's a whole different story in itself. We'll have to come back and do another podcast on the mindset stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much, Erin. That was so helpful. And I know that a lot of people are just paralyzed by the fear or not knowing where to start or the perfectionism. And I think that this podcast will be super helpful for those people. So a big thank you from me, but also I'm sure from them. So (laughs) thank you so much for having me. I've like, yeah, recording both of these episodes has just been so much fun. I love it. I know. What's going on for you? So currently I have, well, I mean, there's always something new going on. I'm, um, you know, a, a serial launcher, but like you, the next you thing that I have, have a lot of offers that go out, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a personal preference. Like I know there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's either keep creating new offers or keep launching the same offer. It's always just, you know, getting, getting your products in front of the people, but I'm like a classic Gemini. So I have ideas galore and I'm like get frustrated if I don't implement them. So I, um, yeah, so I always launch like new programs and I love to run things live. So at the moment I'm launching a new program called vision and tribe, which is really helping people to really understand like the clarity and a lot of what we spoke about on, on the podcast we did on my podcast. Um, but really getting people to understand, you know, what is their ultimate, like, mission, vision that they're on, what are their values? Because a lot of the time when people get stuck in this, I don't know what content to create, I don't know what to say, it's because they actually don't know what's inside of them and they're not giving themselves that kind of outlet to let it out. And I just really want to help people find that clarity so no one ever uses the excuse again, I don't know what to say. It's all about just figuring out, yeah, the mission you're on. So yeah, that'll be fun. Awesome. How can people find you? Um, so Erin May Henry, pretty much over the entire internet, YouTube, Instagram, anywhere yeah. that there's an internet connection, I'm there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Erin. That was so good. And for anyone that is listening, make sure you go over and check out Erin's podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Game Changers. Game Changers. So check that out. It's the only thing that's not Erin May Henry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. I mean, if you search Erin May Henry, it'll come up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Make sure you hit subscribe if you want to be notified when new episodes go live every Tuesday. And just a final reminder, I would love to see you in my social media program, hashtags aren't the answer. Doors close on Thursday. Head over to steviesayssocial.com to come and join us. All right, until next week, I will see you then. Bye.